This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined, as always, with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you. Thanks, brother. You too. We're going to jump right in. Uh, Before we do that, just want to thank everybody for your support, your prayers for us. And uh, just let us know how we can be a help to you. Um, You can go to the website, and there's tons of resources you can access there um, at practicalshepherding.com. And also, if this ministry has been helpful to you, you can also go and and financially give. That is uh, one of the ways to support the podcast that we have here and that we do that we do offer for free on purpose. We purposefully don't have ads, Jim. We we could eat up, I guess, a bunch of time doing that, and, and we just cho- chosen not to. But one of the ways you can support us is through financially giving through that the donate button that is on the website that you can find there. And you can also reach out and contact us through that contact page. And we will do our best to, to, to respond to you if you reach out to us and find a way that we maybe can help you uh, if, if possible. Uh, Jim, in recent days, there's been some hard things that have happened. Um, and it's one of the reasons we want to have the conversation we're going to have today. Uh, in recent days, there's been another fall of a very significant ministry leader. And it's it, when that happens, it certainly shakes us all up in some some different ways, especially those who have been impacted by the ministry of somebody who has a fall and one of very uh, great significance and one to show uh, that they brought a tremendous amount of harm to people in the midst of uh, looking like they they did so much good in the in the midst of their ministry their whole life. Right. So we 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 know this is a hard topic. We know it's a sensitive topic, but. Uh, we want to have some kind of at least helpful conversation around this. So we're not gonna we're not gonna sit around and impose a bunch of judgments on that ministry or that person. But we want to take the opportunity because of what's happened to talk about how we maybe can uh, design our lives and our ministries with safeguards and accountability uh, to protect ourselves. And we think we both agreed this would be a probably the most helpful conversation around. That's what we want to do. Uh, what we want to do today. Uh, just a. Uh, uh, one final comment before we dig into this. We are going to talk about today ministries that have uh, have been fruitful, that even the world would acknowledge that this there's a lot of good that's happened here. And because of that, this person has created a lot of influence for himself, whether it's in his church or even a ministry outside the church. And uh, we want to acknowledge that a lot of pastors don't have that. In fact, a lot of pastors that we work with here at Practical Shepherding they're getting they're getting beat up all over the place. They would look at us in the moment of this conversation and say, "Yeah, the last thing I have is an opportunity to get away with anything. I'm, I'm I'm under incredible scrutiny here." So we want to recognize. We know there's many of you out there that are dealing with that in your current church situation. Uh, but we want what we want to talk about is kind of the other side of that. Those who maybe have a a, minis- a longer ministry, a, a ministry where they're able to get a ton of influence within their church or go start a ministry outside the church and they control all of that or whatever it is, we want to help pastors find a way to have accountability and safeguards and think through that. So, Jim, how, can you set this up for us just from a biblical perspective as we dig into it? Yeah, I have several things to say about that, Brian. I do want to just you know bounce off something you just said and, that, and, and uh, just maybe as a clarifying statement. The, there is a matter of the 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 greater your influence, the greater your your potential for harm. And I think we always need to keep that in mind. If 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 God at all, if if our churches grow, if for some reason we are given a, a platform outside of our church, whether it's like you have Brian through writing books and and doing this podcast, or you're being invited to preach, 
that can that can be that can become heady for a guy um and, and he can maybe stand marveling at it and grateful for it but you know beginning to wrestle through pride or whatever else just always keep in mind that that every new member every every new family that comes you need to keep these things in mind because you have that much more potential to harm you yeah. know not just you have so much more potential for good but you also have to recognize that and Brian, the, the scriptures address this in numerous ways um, to men in ministry, Old Testament and New Testament, and it gives a lot of warnings. and And I think um, I don't want to contradict what I just said, but sometimes it doesn't matter how big you are; you can have a church of ten people and be an abuser, or pastor a church with a thousand right. and walk yeah, with that's integrity. Right. That's right. Uh, it's, so it's not just that. You know, you you you. It's only a danger for those. Oh, don't think to yourself, listening. Oh, I pastor a small church. This isn't a danger. I don't have any voice outside of my church. Well, you do have people you shepherd and people you pastor That's and right. people that you have influence over. Uh, and so, Brian, we could start with just you know the whole reality of the qualifications for ministry and how those qualifications, everybody knows here, focus on the issue of a man's integrity yeah. and who he is and his life in his home, his own walk with God, his walking in the fear of God, his taking care of what you know Solomon calls you know those little foxes that spoil the grapes. It's the, it may be seemingly little things, but those little things can accumulate. And then probably the best known text in regard uh, to this matter is First Timothy four sixteen. Take heed to yourself, or pay close attention to yourself yep. and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And so here it is. It's simply a reminder there, and it's in the context. Uh, Timothy's a younger man. He says, "Let no one despise your youth," and he again points to that is going to be through your integrity, through faith and love and purity, uh, that you are going to have. If you want to have influence, if you want to help people, if you want to be a helper of their joy, you want to feed their soul, you want to shepherd them and guide them and do good to them, which I think is, is in the heart, at least at the beginning of every true-hearted pastor. Mm-hmm. That can change over the years, um, but but from the beginning, there's that desire. And so the bedrock of that, the ability to do that, is going to flow from our carefully watching our lives yeah. uh, and recognizing um, Brian, some use the, you know, the example of fire, you know, fire is very helpful or very dangerous Yeah. or maybe even to use a more graphic analogy, a loaded gun. I mean, a, a, a loaded gun in the hand of a police officer or of a soldier uh, or even of a, a homeowner in a home invasion yeah. is, it can be a blessing. Mm-hmm. That same loaded gun can cause devastation if, if in the wrong hands. Yeah. And so we have been given by God, we stand before the people of God and we proclaim the word of God and feed people and strive to bring people to faith. That that in and of itself is a tremendous influence. What yeah. we are doing, we have the most influential book ever written and, and we are being instruments or want to be instruments in the hands of, of, of God's people. Mm. And therefore, you know, the, the people are either going to receive us in a way that maybe is 
uh, more in line with our gift than our integrity mm-hmm. sometimes because we might they're guys who are better preachers than they are men mm. and they are more articulate than they are godly and mm. and you know that yeah, that can that, that can happen so i think we just need to be aware of that yeah. so part of that is it's so it's carefully watching our own lives so maybe let's talk a little bit Brian what if in your years of ministry what do you what do you do and maybe these are the two questions we need to ask what do we do privately as a man before god and what do we do? And maybe use this uh, word, this buzzword, systemically. What do, what do we do to create structures and systems that safeguard the congregation, uh, even from those who are supposed to watch over the congregation? Yeah, that's good. Well, actually, before we get into that, I just appreciate the verse you picked. And, and there's one thing that stuck out to me. Even I heard you read it again. Well, you'll save yourself and those and, and your hearers. Mm. And I think what that points to, of course, because it's not talking about we don't save people. Right, it's not justification. Right? <clears throat> so what does he mean? What's Paul mean there? He's talking about, I mean, the influence of that man, that that yeah. that that we can we save yourself and those who hear like the the gospel, God saves people through faith in Christ. But when we preach that and we live that out, and you know, it's 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 talking about it's pointing to the influence that the preacher, the pastor, the one who's ministering can have on somebody else in a good way or in a harmful way. And yeah. I think we've seen when, when I, I've dealt with this a lot in, in the ministry that we do here, that when when a, somebody, either a pastor falls or apostatizes or whatever it is, or even a famous ministry leader does, I, it's amazing the fallout with people who trusted them and looked to them and learned from them and, and all those kind of things. I just, I just find it interesting that Paul includes that when he's writing to Timothy. He's pointing to the influence that's there that, that I think we're really talking about here. Yeah, I agree. And I think you know, the, the, you know, to save is to deliver from a place of danger to a place of safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, we, 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 it's a recognition that we have potentially a place of, of danger. We need to be brought to a place of safety or congregation does. Yeah. And part of the, and part of that process of, of, and there's a lot that goes into that text, but, you know, obviously part of the process of that is our place that we have in pastors in, in shepherding people through the dangers of this life and helping to bring them again, as we've said many times, bring them to heaven in the best shape possible. Uh, and our own life, our own integrity, as well as the clarity and purity of our doctrine Mm -hmm. uh, are, are part of that process of safeguarding a soul safely to have, including our own. Yeah. So uh, to your, to your question though, uh, I think the place we start is, we have to consider, I think this applies to both when you're talking about personal integrity and, and watching our life and, and also what just safeguards outside of ourselves that we, that we can look to to try to, to have this, these, these things in place. Is The first big question to ask, I think, is how much do I serve and minister in isolation hmm. and, and, and by, my, by myself alone? Um, and, by, and one of the things I think we learn from, especially famous, influential people who who have major falls is what gets revealed and this is true with the most recent case what gets revealed is the isolation that they kind of lived in now and that shocks people when you hear even hear it because it's what we're I'm surrounded with people who I who love me and and I'm a part of and people who want my attention and all these kind of things but when they don't trust them um and 
they live in this isolated place. They don't let anybody into their life. Uh, I think that's where things get really dangerous. So the first thing I would say is is intentionally having people you surround yourself with who know you, who know what's going on in your life, and it's it's safe places you can talk to. I think the the ground where this just festers is where a pastor or a ministry leader just just serves in personal isolation, whether it looks like that to other people or not. Okay, that, that's an important, and that's what I was going to touch on, Brian. You said what what it, what it looks like. It can even look like it to yourself, because like in the situation we're talking about, and we're not, the reason we're not mentioning things specifically today is is not that we're afraid to or don't want to name, name names. That's it's right. just that we don't want to just, this isn't the first time, this isn't going to be the last time. And, and it almost doesn't matter who the person was. But in this case, this person had, and we don't know who they were, but he had a board of directors, you know, who are supposed to exercise this oversight. And and some of the men who fall have certain certain kinds of structures seemingly in place. So, you know, somebody could look at me and go, well, Jim doesn't minister in isolation. Uh, Jim's got three elders, you know, uh, other elders. He's got three pastors who are the, who meet with him and talk to him and pray with him and are committed. But that in and of itself, I think where we have to start is our own personal life. Because it's like a guy with, you know, a guy can have something like covenant eyes on his phone and or on his computer. That's not a guarantee. He's not going to look at something he shouldn't look at. You know, the the structure or not find a way around. Even yeah, that, he can yeah. find a way around it. So you know, you can be you can have a board of directors who are men, men and women of integrity potentially. You can have good elders around you. Uh, but I think it has to begin with what are the steps I take personally. To, to walk as, and I'm going to use this phrase, you know, as a God-fearer, and I think really maybe as much as anything else, this is what we get back to. It, you know, so it said, you know, what a man is, John Owen said this, what a man is alone before God, that he is and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And who we are in isolation, who we are by ourselves, who we are when the door's closed, who we are when the lights are off, who we are when nobody sees, uh, what we think we can get away with. You know, so I say that, and I hear that, and I'm like, you tremble a little bit because yeah. I'm not always happy with my thoughts or you know my uh, my private uh, musings. Um, but Brian, I think we we do need to start there. That, that you know, how do we safeguard our own soul, and then how do we allow others to help us to do that? So you said, I think you know, so we can isolate ourselves. We can yeah, examine we, how we, isolated we, yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. So examine that. Do you? Do you have anybody you can be open with? Does anybody know when you're if you're struggling? Uh, are you afraid to admit that you're struggling? In some in some case, and depending on what the struggle is, you know, a guy says, "Hey, I'm struggling with this." It might mean the end of his. It might mean the end of his uh, ministry. It might mean the end of his. So his his job, his house, his marriage, uh, his marriage potentially, and all he's done is admit that I, you know maybe he says I'm I, you know yeah I mean I, I I struggle with lust or there's a you know uh, I have struggled with having you know affections I shouldn't have whatever it is or I've been tempted financially or I've been bitter and angry and I, you know what, whatever the case might be I mean they're the famous ones you look at girls, gold, glory, you know, pride, uh, money, uh, sexual scandal or whatnot. But it doesn't have to be full-blown scandal. Sometimes a guy's afraid. He's afraid to admit to anybody because he's afraid that the consequences of just vulnerability and of honesty is going to be so costly. And certain evangelical 
places. And, and, and again, maybe we are, should that be, should it not be? Is that safeguarding? Is that going overboard? You know, whatever. The, you so know, this I think is, those are some interesting questions to ask, but this is, this is where pastoral friendship I think is most important is that you can have a board, you can have elders you know, around you. But, you know, one of the things I dealt with in, in our church is, you know, I, we instituted, we instituted a plurality of pastors, but at different times, some of those men were my age and my peers, and some of those men were people I raised up who were 15 years younger than me. So mm. uh, I think who, it's not – you make a good point. It's not just about whether you have a board. I mean, you know, there's – matter of fact, the boards of a lot of these – a lot of fallen uh, famous figures, there's a there's a pattern I've watched as I've, I've looked at these things as they happened through the years, and the most recent case is true too – the board is loaded with people who don't hold that person accountable. They're family members or they're someone else. And I think the same thing can happen in an, in an elder board for a pastor at a church. He surrounds himself with yes men that won't push and won't hold him accountable in those ways. Or I think this happens too, Brian, is that there's a, you know, theologically you understand, you have certain theological understandings, but when it comes to practically, you, you see this man and you know, so you're on the board. So I'm on the board of Practical Shepherding, and yep. pr- and the reason you're Practical the Shepherding, president, Jim, you're the I, I president. am the president. People don't please you know, <laughs> hold me, please, in all kinds Mr. of high. Mr. President, continue. It's amazing. President continue. for life so far. President for life. For pre- <laughs> anyway, but this, all silliness aside, but we're here to support you. You know, yeah, you, right. you know, the you you and Practical Shepherding are inextricably linked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we want practical shepherding to go on, Brian has to go on. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And, I, yeah, and that's I agree. a danger. Yeah. Yeah. And we can think, oh, well, we know Brian. We all love Brian. And, and, and you can give Brian the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes that's good and right. It's what you should do because of people you love and friends, you give them the benefit of the doubt. But what, what happens in, in certain ministries and practical shepherding is even as a, and maybe it's because I'm a bad president, you know, we're not up there. <laughs> Where you know we're certain other ministries, we're not up in the stratosphere of Christian ministries. No, no, uh, we're not. We, we are uh, no oxygen required where we are. Um, hmm. Well, no, no, I mean, sorry, no special oxygen required. <laughs> no air pressure. Re- uh, I think you know, we know what I, you I, mean. You yeah, it's right, so too silly here. But what can happen is, so you're part of a ministry, say of of, and we can maybe use some names of the past of Mark Driscoll. Uh, a James McDonald or whoever it is, and, and people see the fruit. The church is growing. People are getting saved. There's baptisms. Churches are being planted. Powerful gospel-rich messages are being preached. Sound doctrine is being articulated. How can that person be? How is it that my these danger signals in my mind, how can there be such blessing, such apparent fruit, if God's not pleased with his ministry, how can yeah. how can somebody be – and, and Matthew 7 gives part of the answer to that. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. And the person who says that, it's all ministry. Did we not cast out demons? Did we not prophesy? Did we not perform mighty works in your name? That's like apostolic stuff. Mm-hmm. And the and we can think to ourselves, God is God's okay with me because He's blessing my ministry. In fact, I remember a man saying years ago that if you are sinning intentionally and God is blessing your ministry, that may well set you on the high road to apostasy. Hmm. That a ministry that enjoys providential blessing with private sin 
unrepented, undealt with, unmourned, unmortified, uh, can lead to spiritual confusion in the man himself as well as in those tasked to watch over. I can see where that would be. That could be true. Yeah, and, and so I think Jim, let's let's go to kind of some because there's a lot we could just cover in this, but we want to keep this around where we typically keep it time wise. Let's just kind of hit some. Let's let's go back and forth and and on some just bullet points of some real practical ways that a pastor can um, open himself up to people. To, to one, seek to walk with God himself in his yes. personal life, have personal integrity, but then to bring other people into his life to make sure that they are holding him accountable in that personal integrity and walking with God. So let's just last few minutes, let's kind of go back and just yeah. think of, make, mention one thing and why, and uh, we can go, go back. I'll, I'll go first. I said pastoral friendship. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's incredibly important in regard to this. One of the other patterns I've watched as as I as you see fallen leaders throughout the years in the church and in just different ministries, there's a there's a chilling uh, common thread, in that they they don't have any true pastoral friends. They don't have any friends who truly know them that they can go to them and talk about the things you're talking about. So you may have a board, you may have a group of elders in your church, but if you don't feel safe to be able to go, like you said, talk about the things that could. That could harm, you know, could make you have to step away from your ministry. Yeah, I'm whatever. struggling with my wife right so, now. So we're we're, we're uh, struggling sexually. We're struggling relationally. And, and, and there's somebody you can you can say that to without fear of of draconian consequences. So that's that pastoral friendship. I think is really that's what we talk about a lot on here. Is 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 it? There may not be somebody in your church even you feel safe to talk about those things. Find somebody, even if it's a a. a even if it's a Christian counselor that by profession has to keep it confidential in what you talk yeah. to them about. But whoever it is, you've got to have a place to go and talk about that. So pastoral friendship, I think, is really cool, really crucial. What's what's one for you? I think, Brian, I think the – I'm trying to use figure what language to use here, but the a willingness to share our platform, our pulpit, our ministry, and not grasping it so that it's ours, you know, so it's my pulpit, my preaching, my ministry, my church, uh, and so that the ministry of the church becomes associated with you. And it may be that in any given congregation, you're the most gifted preacher. It may be that you're the one people want to hear the most. But I think there is a safeguard in sharing that as a safeguard for your own soul, because you're not just building your brand. And this, again, this is a, I don't know if it's a peculiar American danger. I don't know that it is, but it feels like it is at times. The idea of, you know, oh, I, hey, jimsevastio.net.org, you know, whatever, or, you know, the Jim Savastio, whatever, you know, I'm just using my own name there. But the idea that you're building a name, building a brand that uh, you want people <sighs> because of the perversity of our heart to know us as much as they know Christ or whatever else. And I think one of the safeguards of that is refusing to allow ourselves to build or to get that kind of platform. And part of that is sharing it in your local church, allowing other men, less gifted men, uh, access to the hearts and affections in the ears uh, of the people of God and not just demanding it be you. Yes. Good. Here's the last one for me and I'll go back to you for one more. Um, I think, now more than ever, uh, ever because of technology, um, a, a, a ministry leader, a pastor has an ability to lead a secret life now in a way they couldn't even 20 years ago. 
or 30 years ago, in a sense that you can have hidden social media accounts and hidden mm-hmm. emails and you know phones that nobody else knows you have and, and yeah, you know right. whatever it is. And so I think that would be the other caution is just just you know one of the aspects of personal integrity in your life is is to make sure there's that that you don't have a, a almost a whole nother layer of technology mm. that no one else knows about. Wow. Yeah. Even if you're not using it for bad, you just want some privacy. That is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I think so that would be the one the other things is be you know, you may be a tech savvy guy and love just all the electronics and technology and all those kind of things, but you may wake up one day and have the and have the ability to do some really horrible things and think nobody yeah. would be able to find it. And so that would that would be the I would just warn against the the privacy we have in the way we set up all yeah. the technology. I remember reading a book a few years ago about a man whose his dad had died. This man was a pastor and he his dad was his hero, you know, man of integrity and whatever else. And they were cleaning up his stuff and 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 he talked about the the they found a it was either a box or a file cabinet that was hidden away. Yeah. yeah. And he talked about they, he was I'll, I'll end the story. Nothing bad. It was nothing bad. Yeah. Okay. But but he was afraid. He talked about that there was a part of him when he. Oh no! Uh, why I didn't know that there? was there? Right. He didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know nobody that was there. Was why there. is it that Dad had a key that nobody else had, and and there was a box locked away or a cabinet locked away, and what could potentially have been in there? And thankfully, it was just like financial okay. records. Okay. Or, yeah. His dad was a doctor, so you know it all. It, if but but that that that's you know we don't want to have to have that. You don't want to. You shouldn't have to think, you know, like, oh no, I need to clear, I need to clean up my footprints, I need to, I need to find a place to hide things. We ought not to have, to, we ought not to have to have locked things, and you know what I mean, yeah. you know, in in that sense. So my my Brian might be my um, my last word of warning there, uh, or word of encouragement or caution. And this is. We have to have a sense of our own expendability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have said in the past that I, I don't know if this sounds terrible in a sense. I said, I, 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 want to, I want to know that I'm expendable, but live in such a way that people question it. And what I mean by that is I want to so love, I want to so serve, I want to so give that, that, that you, when you see people like when Dorcas died in the book of Acts, it was like, you know, people started showing all the stuff she'd made, you know, that you live a life that's so useful, that's so helpful that people think, what are we going to do when you're gone? I think that there's, I hope there's something that's good and noble about that. But at the same time, recognize the church went on before me, it will go on after me, uh, I must not be so in love with myself and my ministry and my platform. I knew a man years ago who uh, had to get out of ministry because of a lack of integrity and and some sexual scandal that went along. And I I sought to give the man some counsel. And and he said to me, he said, Jim, the thing I grieve most, he said, is that I have all this wisdom and now I can't give it. And I thought, really, that's what you grieve most. Not not what you did yeah. to your wife, not what you did to your kids, not what you did to the church, not what you did to that woman, not what you did to her husband, not what you did to her, you know, that you grieve that your platform's taken. I once wanted to, <laughs> I don't know, something, something very kind and loving uh, that was also violent, I think yeah. is what I wanted to yeah, do. Right. But but you know but what happens in that is that we begin to think, I am I am needed and it doesn't matter what I am. We need to divest ourselves of that delusion, or we can become so just wrapped up in ourselves, we're unaware of how we're hurting 
everybody yeah. else around us to yeah. your point. And so which is a good warning and caution to to be to want to be sensitive to am I am I doing good for people as I serve them yeah. or am I harming them is actually a really good question to be able yeah. to ask. And is there a way and maybe I need to end on this Brian because I know we're out of time but is there a way is it clear is it clearly stated is it clearly known maybe is it in our constitution or in our bylaws that there is a way for the other elders and for the church to deal with me with integrity yeah, and, and to right. the point even of excommunication or my losing my ministry for the rest of my life. Um, I think too often that's that's maybe somewhere in paper, but it's not actually real. It needs to be able to have some pungency, some reality, some bite to it. And whether it's begging and pleading and, and you're in, while you're walking in integrity to, the, to your fellow leaders, please deal with me with what you yeah. – or, or saying it publicly, you can't be so infatuated with me or love me so much that you will spare me at the detriment of our church's name yeah. or, the, or the reputation of Christ. Yeah, that's good. My, my, my final word on this, I'll take a step further in that. As somebody who, as I'm sitting here, well, pastor to church where I was able to, to, by God's grace, have an impact on people to where I had a good bit of influence in, in the church before I stepped down and started another ministry, that the, yeah. the practical shepherding. So I'm, I'm speaking out of that. Um, if you find yourself in places where your influence is growing in your church or you even do ministry outside a local church and, and God blesses it, you as that person, that figurehead in a way, you have to take the initiative to set up the accountability and the structure around, because if you don't, other people may not, and you may just find yourself in a position of danger because you're not surrounded with people. You have built this around you to where there's no accountability for you in it. And so that would be that would be my final word is that you, if you find yourself in that position, you have to make sure you're the one that's actually pushing to set those things up. Uh, the people who maybe you influence or even are enamored with you are not the ones typically right, that are going to exactly do that. Right. You've got to be the one to do that. So, Jim, will you take a minute and pray uh, for <clears throat> pastors in this category that they would, one, walk with a personal integrity and walk with God and ultimately would be wise to know how to set these things up for themselves? Yeah. Our Father in heaven, we desire above all things for Christ to be made known, for the church to shine as a bright light uh, in our communities, for us to have uh, true saltiness and, uh, and to pierce the darkness of this present age. And Father, we know that we have a great potential to do good. And Heavenly Father, we have such a, a horrific potential to bring scandal and ruin and harm and so, Father, we pray you'd give us help to walk in integrity, to walk before you, to be blameless. But, Father, also uh, to set guards, knowing the, the knowing our own potential uh, because of our platform to do harm, uh, Father, that there would be men and, and, and women of integrity in our congregations that would uh, help us uh, that we not uh, unduly harm uh, the people of God. We ask for your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.